Welcome to the Business of Psychology podcast, the show that helps you to reach more people, help more people, and build the life you want to live by doing more than therapy. If you're listening to this podcast, it's most likely because you want to make a big impact in your psychology or therapy practice. Most people to listen to this are members of the Do More Than Therapy community, where our explicit aim is to reach more people with positive messages about mental health. And I felt for a really long time that Instagram is a platform that is bursting with potential for us to reach our goals. But I'll be honest, I just haven't managed to crack it yet. So today I'm here with Helen Perry, an Instagram influencer and expert who now teaches small business owners how to grow awesome Instagram accounts. Welcome to the podcast, Helen. Oh, thank you for having me. So before we get started, I do want to say that Instagram is a massive topic and we can and do talk about it for whole days. So <laughs> Helen is going to be coming into the Do More Than Therapy membership to teach a more in-depth class. But today we're just going to get an overview of the way that we could be using Instagram to help more people and grow audiences for our products and services so that you can inspire your content planning. So Helen, firstly, can you tell us a bit about how you got involved in Instagram? Oh, well, I think all of us kind of have a happy social media platform somewhere where you feel most at ease and you kind of get it, you get the tone of the platform. And for me, Instagram was always that place. I was never very fond of Facebook. So Instagram was launched in 2010 and I guess I joined a year or two later. But then, and I just, I was what you would describe as a lurker. Like I followed lots of people, but I didn't really like their posts or I didn't definitely didn't comment or interact with anybody I kind of posted pictures of my kids a couple of times a year and then in 2017 I decided to learn how to use it as a marketing platform to learn how to intentionally grow an audience as I was seeing other people do um, so that was when I started using Instagram intentionally and I opened an account called not about the kids which was I suppose about documenting my journey back into work after having been a full-time mum I was going to say so did you have an intention for that audience at the time were you just kind of seeing what you could do with it Oh my goodness, absolutely not. I was just, I was just actually thought I, I thought I was going to be a blogger. I thought that's what I was going to do. I thought I'm going to write for my website and I'm going to use Instagram to sort of drive a bit of traffic to my website, find people to read the stuff that I post there. And then really organically over kind of the first couple of years of my account, it became clear that what people were valuing most from me was actually the how to do Instagram stuff. And I started to get asked to speak about it and teach it. And I started running classes and people, those were the most engaged with posts I was posting. They were the most read blogs I was blogging. And it just became obvious that that's how I was going to be able to turn what I'd learned into a business. Oh, that's really fascinating because I think I tell people all the time that you shouldn't mess around on social media until you know exactly what you want out of it because otherwise you can get really 
you're overwhelmed and feel like you need to be everywhere but it's another example isn't it about how the best business advice is not always <laughs> the right advice for you well yeah I mean the, the, the I started from yeah I started I do have different messages depending on who you are I guess when I'm talking about how you can use your Instagram best and I started from a position of wanting to discover something wanting to see what I could do and not really knowing what that was going to be but feeling you know a really powerful urge that I wanted to start my own business but I didn't I kept I was I was classically sort of stuck I kept coming up with all these different ideas about what I wanted to do and um and then talking myself out of it and then then get it get it going nowhere procrastinating but actually just by deciding to learn the skill of social media marketing and putting one foot in front of the other the path became clear before me so that's how my business grew from the bottom up rather than me having a clear idea of what I wanted to deliver like I wanted to sell jewelry or uh, whatever service it was so so yeah it is like there there's, there's always more than one way to grow an Instagram account but yeah I mean honestly clarity and purposefulness with your Instagram is super important um so yeah uh, I think I was always clear that I had that I wanted to find a purpose so mm. I was always seeking that even if it wasn't obvious from day one I love that your purpose was listening listening to what people needed yeah. and sometimes I think that's a great place to start as mental health professionals as well yeah. because especially if we've been working in a particular area for a long time sometimes we can lose touch with the problems people have before they see us because by the time they see us they're often framing them in quite a different way and using different language um, but on social media, we're trying to reach people before they get to that crisis point. And certainly a lot of the Do More Than Therapy movement is about that, it's about how do we help people before they would relate to a term like anxiety or depression. Um, and actually using social media to listen can be really, really important. Oh my goodness, it's such an amazing tool for um, learning about your customer and talking to them. And even if that's the only way that you use it, that you don't even use it to find clients or get customers or sell your thing, even if you only use it to talk to your clients and learn more about what they actually want from you rather than just what you think they do, because you could be wrong. In fact, you're probably slightly wrong in your assumptions. Um, you know, it, it's, it has such value in in that sense even if you're even if you've got 35 followers you know yes I think that's such an important point right from the beginning to make that you don't have to have hundreds of followers for your account to be worthwhile or be valuable to you and because you know like I said I don't feel like I've cracked Instagram and by that I mean I don't have very many followers but whenever I put a post up about something I'm doing with do modern therapy or psychology business school people talk to me about it mm -hmm. And that's why I keep going with it. That's why I keep thinking this is a good platform. <laughs> you can have those discussions. Yeah, if um, you can think of it as a conversation, not, not somewhere where you stand up and tell everybody what you've come to say, then you'll get so much more out of it and you'll realise that's how it works. It's about understanding actually how it works. And it's not a place for advertising. It's not a case for broadcasting. It's a place for joining the conversation. Hmm, that's a great way of putting it. So would you say that Instagram can be a good platform for mental health professionals? Um, I mean, yes, of course it can. I know that um, with every social media platform, there comes a huge 
health warning that everybody wants to slap across it and you know Instagram famously holds the title of being the platform that makes its users most unhappy oh really yes it was I'm, I forget the study now but that was this it was studied to um kind of measure I suppose the effect on self-esteem of using various social media platforms and Instagram um came out as being the one that was most damaging but that's because it grew to be this place where everybody was presenting images of their perfect life their filtered life and you know that's what Instagram is Uh, the original idea was that you know you could post a picture but oh my goodness you can put a filter across it and make it look a hundred times better so all of a sudden your trip to Pizza Express looks absolutely amazing when really it was just a margarita because you can be bothered to cook but that's you know that's what it became and all of us started um looking at what everybody else was doing and feeling absolutely rubbish that we weren't doing the same things. If you are following the wrong kind of people, I feel that the platform has evolved way beyond that. And it's not just one thing. It's used by more than a billion people around the world. We can choose the ones that we follow and the things that we consume. We can choose what we want to put out for and make it a force for good in terms of sharing our work. And I have to say, I have such a positive experience on Instagram and I know not everybody will say that. And I totally acknowledge the risks involved in terms of adolescents using it, younger children using it, vulnerable adults. Um, I completely acknowledge that, but I also believe that you can build your own very positive community there. Yes, and that's what makes me more passionate about trying to get to grips with it. Because I came to Instagram really, really late. I don't think I even joined the platform until maybe the beginning of 2019. Mm-hmm. I just had no interest because all I'd heard about it was that it was, you know, glossy picture pictures. And I was like, well, my life is not very glossy. Um, <laughs> no, no one would be interested in that. And I cannot pretend to be that way either. Mm-hmm. It's just I have a real aversion to it. I've got no desire for anybody to have any misconceptions that my life is perfect um and so it just I thought it held nothing for me and it was only um from being in Janet Murray's community which we're both in Mm -hmm. that I started to see people doing really cool stuff and I saw people like yourself with really interesting messages coming out on Instagram and I thought actually this is somewhere that mental health isn't and should be like real mental health messages. I'm not talking about the like insipid quotes, <laughs> which, which wind me up. And most of people listening to this also get a bit wound up by. It's like, no, we've got real stuff we want to share. Wouldn't it be great if that was interspersed in between some of this stuff, which might be less helpful? Yeah, um, and there is absolutely room for it. And I think there's a misconception that it's not a place for more st- more serious discussion or, or um, you know, if there is, if, if, there are people out there who are interested in what you do they will be on Instagram there's more than a billion people around the world on Instagram and some of them are up for a more serious discussion and would be really interested to to, uh, engage with and consume content that's far more meaningful for them. Okay so we know that the people who are going to benefit from our messages probably are on Instagram but to be honest, a lot of people listening to this will have had Instagram on their to-do list for ages. Mm-hmm. They'll have, you know, been won over to the idea that they probably should be doing a bit of Instagram, but it can seem really intimidating at the beginning. And I think part of that reason is because, you know, you've got stories, you've got IGTV, you've got reels, you've got grid posts. 
like there's so much that you could be doing on Instagram where is the best place to get started if you're a total newcomer what should your priority be Right. This is a good thing to ask me to think about, Rosie. Thank you. I think that if you are a total beginner to Instagram, then start by keeping it simple and think of Instagram just as a place where you can host almost a homepage. So you can have a great profile um, on Instagram that explains what you do and what you can offer. And as long as you've got that, you can be discovered. Think of it that way. People can find you because of that, because of your Instagram page just existing. And then you can start to share grid posts, which are the bread and butter of Instagram. That's your main feed post. It's your photograph or a video or a quote or an infographic um, that is about the cornerstone of what you do, probably uh, the cornerstone of, of your message and your key content. And then on top of that, I would get involved with Instagram stories, which are highly valuable for sharing really off the cuff stuff that is about more of it's more about, well, they're called Instagram stories. It's the story of who you are. So you're sharing more than just uh, the fact that you're a therapist or a, a psychotherapist or a psychologist. You can share that you're also a mom. You're also somebody who likes to do yoga. You're also somebody who likes to cook and walk and watch trashy TV because that is how people relate to us on Instagram. They relate person to person. So start a profile, then I can find you, number one. Um, secondly, and it could be more powerful than your website having an Instagram profile. Number two, start posting some main feed content that really speaks to what you're all about. And three, layer it up with some stories that tell me a little bit more about you as a person. And um, that's it, that's all you need to do. Don't worry about the other stuff, that can come later. I really like that advice, because when I think about it, my sister, who's only a couple of years younger than me, she's not like a teen or anything, um, <laughs> but she said to me recently that she wouldn't even consider using a product or a service that she hadn't looked up on Instagram first. Yeah, and, it's, and it's, like, it's like Google, if, you know, especially, I would say, especially if you, if you target a younger audience, and by younger, I probably mean anybody younger than 40, you know, it, they will use Instagram to look somebody up and discover them and find out a little bit more about them. They're probably more likely to start there than they would start on the internet. Because also on your Instagram, you'd expect to see lots of different photos of this person or a bit more information about how they work. You know, you're, as, as a therapist, you're asking somebody to buy into something big, you you know, you're asking somebody to trust you with their emotional well-being and their future. So, you know, you've got to show them what you've got. You know, it's like, why should I give this over to you? If you haven't been referred by somebody who's had direct experience of you or, or by a medical professional or somebody within your community, if you're choosing to do this, especially off your own bat, you know, they can choose lots. They can choose from lots of people. Why should it be you? Yeah, and I think that's true, whatever we're selling. Mm. I mean, some of us will be selling stuff like books and online courses, but and, and we might consider those to be much lower cost than therapy, for example. A lot of us have created those to be lower cost than therapy. Mm. But, you know, there's a lot you can get out there about how to deal with anxiety or workplace stress or one of those issues. Why would somebody trust your advice over... Mm that other person on Amazon or the other person who, you know, popped up in their feed the other day, you've got to give them something. And I think historically we've struggled with that a bit because yeah. certainly when I trained um, and I'm not a total dinosaur, but when I trained <laughs> um, we were just told not to be on social media. 
um, because it broke boundaries and, you know, it was dangerous for clients to know too much about you. And I, I recorded an episode of this podcast that I'll link to about how you can manage that tension and how you can decide what you do want to disclose on social media and what you don't because I think it is really important to think about it because that is your boundary but I think these days people expect to be able to develop a bit of a relationship with you before they make that kind of emotional or financial investment in yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I say with all this stuff, think about how you buy things now. Think about, especially if you're engaging with a, a personality, a person, um, uh, you know, you will have spent some time familiarizing yourself with them over potentially years before you invest in one of their products. So you have to show a bit of yourself. And I mean, God, listen, my boundaries are massive. I probably put about 4% of my life on my social media you know my kids are absolutely never on there my husband's never on there I occasionally re reference him but there is so much you can share especially if you're passionate about your work there's so much that you can share without you you know without I think it, it, it becoming uncomfortable for somebody who's a private person or without it breaching your professional boundaries as well yeah it sounds like it's all about knowing what you want to share yeah and knowing where you're what is the value what is the I just listened to um actually another podcast Dr Chatterjee who I'm sure your uh, audience will be really familiar with uh, and he was talking about how he had to get over this hang up about putting a different kind of picture into his books because they weren't the traditional kind of medical diagrams or whatever end up in those kind of books and he was like who is this book for this book is not for my peer group that's who I'm worried about. That's what I'm worried about, what they're going to think. But actually, I really passionately have a message that I want to share. And I think this is how is, I will best reach those people. And they're not my peers. So, you know, that's, that's, that's at the heart of what you're sharing on social media. He really summed it up brilliantly. It's about sharing the stuff that you passionately want to reach your community with. Yes, I think that couldn't be more important. When I did a blogging challenge um, for the Demon Therapy wider community um, a couple of months ago, and that was the biggest hang up. It was, you know, I can't press publish because I'm really worried about what other psychologists and therapists are going to think of this. Will they think it's evidence based enough? Mm. Will they think I've cited enough people? The language is appropriate or professional. And absolutely, it's, it's just about, you know, who cares? I don't care not, what the psychologist it's down not, the road thinks. It's, not part, it's not part of your PhD. You know, social, your, your content on social media is not held to those standards. That's not to say you should, you know, forget your, your professional, um, you know, code of conduct and practice and what's, you know, hold on to your kind of moral compass. But, you know, if you're sharing, what you're sharing on Instagram, essentially, when it works brilliantly, is storytelling. So you're storytelling about perhaps the journey that you've been on, perhaps the journey that some of the people that you've worked with have been on, practices that have made life, made their lives easier whatever it might be um that's what you that's what's really effective on social media and it's not the same as a periodical you know it's it's just different and we have to get our heads around that if you're gonna because there's no point in going on there and sharing nothing valuable it's not going to get you anywhere so that's kind of what the cornerstone of our content needs to be it needs to be about those messages that we want to share and finding stories and ways of telling um, 
that useful information which actually make people want to listen and engage people yeah again look at what what do you engage with who do you love who do you follow who have you bought into what whose product or course have you been on and then have a really good look at the way they're doing it and what is it about that that spoke to you and how can you kind of try and replicate that for your audience okay so that's a bit about the content something which I know people struggle with and you know I still find a little bit confusing at times is hashtags (laughs) so Instagram seems to find hashtags incredibly important (laughs) what are they and why do we need them I feel like I could probably just run my Instagram account based on like what's hashtags and it (laughs) would be enough it would be enough for everybody it's like it always seems to come back to this okay so hashtags make your work on Instagram discoverable And, you know, if we're on Instagram for work, we want it to be discovered. And even if you don't use hashtags to search for things on Instagram, rest assured people do. That is how people will look things up. So if you post your work with no hashtags on it, people can't find it. Only the, the only people who will see it are people who follow you already. But if you add hashtags to it that are relevant to your topic and your audience, then those people can potentially find your work if they're looking for something about overwhelm or um, you know whatever it is they're trying to get over they'll do their hashtag search it and hopefully find your content and like it and maybe follow you so that's why you mu- you really must use them. <laughs> like you really really must because otherwise what's the point in putting all the hard work into the content if it can't be found and that's what's so exciting and what makes Instagram different in my mind these days if you want new people to find you on Facebook you're gonna have to pay for it Mm. um it didn't used to be like that I remember when I started out using Facebook organic reach was a thing but but it's not now I mean my experience anyway is that it it hasn't been for a while Um, whereas Instagram you've got this ability for people who've never heard of you before to find you and if you're making content which I think of as like crossover content content that might be about mental health but also about parenting or about mental health but also about fashion if that was your niche um or something I write about sometimes it's about mental health but it's also about productivity in business Mm -hmm. then maybe just maybe some people who weren't necessarily interested in mental health or typing mental health into their search bar might see some of the positive mental health messages you've got to share and I find that really really exciting yeah and if you can find the right selection of hashtags that really one the best way to think of hashtags is to think about what type of person will my content resonate with and if it is a um an 18 to 24 year old what kind of things might they be searching for like you say they're probably not going to be searching for hashtag mental health it's going to be a more subtle way into it probably than that like it might be around productivity or feeling lost or um friendship based issues or i don't know body image it might be something else that they're looking for and they would find your your um your stuff to be helpful so it's not quite as literal as we think it might be um there are lots of things that you can go and read about hashtags but once you get your head around the the basic fact that it's how people can find you it's how the right people can find you then I think that really helps okay and actually I think having stalked you on your website (laughs) 
you've got a downloadable of that I, <laughs> yes I have <laughs> uh, nice segue yeah I have written a short workbook on how to build a hashtag strategy and you can get it on my website which is not about dash the kids.com I will definitely link to that <laughs> because a hashtag strategy I think is really important it's something that I put in place uh, a couple of weeks ago and I've seen such noticeable differences oh, good the, mm. uh, me too and I do you know what I never used to be convinced about hashtags I was like I don't really know who these are working for but they're not working for me but actually once you you find the right ones and you that the right hashtags next to good content thumbs up you'll go a long way well it just makes sense doesn't it if it's kind of like a search engine and your hashtags are how things are indexed then yeah. it makes sense That's that exactly you've got to be in it's the right like- category the index at the back of your book or the back of your paper if you want to look at it that way that Instagram has now just in the last few weeks started to introduce searchable terms in our captions however so there are you can use keywords in your captions that will um uh, that will be discoverable in a search but there are only certain terms so it's like you need to search for the right terms for your um your specific niche in the industry and then insert those words into your um captions much as you would in a blog post or whatever uh, and then you can be discovered that way too so i think that's also going to be part of the future of being discovered on instagram as well that's really interesting mm-hmm. Yeah, I have thought for a while that they do have a bit of a problem with people using inappropriate hashtags um, as part of a strategy. And, you know, obviously no one listening to this would ever do that. Never. Um, But but I've certainly seen it or, yeah, yeah, with like marketing posts and things. So, yeah, I've been wondering if they might introduce something which... Yeah, it's in its infancy, but I think it's something to be aware of in the future that there may be a benefit from learning what the searchable terms are for your um for your content and using them in your captions and like you say it's it's harder to put inappropriate things into a caption than it is into your hashtags Mm. so um it maybe keeps us a bit more honest Mm. does instagram have a list of those searchable terms if you yeah if you go into your little searchy thing on instagram which is the magnifying glass now if you start if you were to write um what's your what's your niche area I guess it would be um, for the business community or for me, it would be something like social media managers. If I put social media managers in, it would show me whether or not that was the correct search term that I could use in my um, my copy. So oh, that's interesting. It's, oh, it's so difficult. It's times like this when I wish I could show people my phone and show them how to do it. But if, if you if you have a bit of a play around, you'll see now that it, it's it, they will come up. Oh, that's really interesting. I'll definitely have a play with that. Um, So I also wanted to ask you about a myth which I think holds most psychologists back from posting. Okay. Um, I personally don't think it's true, but I really want to get your opinion because you would know much better than I would about this. But does everything you post need to be beautiful on Instagram? Definitely not. As per our earlier discussion, I definitely feel in the past 24, 48 kind of months Uh, there's been a real change in terms of what people want to see on their Instagram and they don't want to see things that are beautiful and perfect and essentially make them feel rubbish because of that. Don't spend all your time worrying about having a perfect looking feed with beautiful pictures on it. Quite a lot of the the accounts that I feel most connected to are super messy, naturalistic. Just anything that is stopping you from posting is a bad thing. Get your stuff 
up there. Learn what works for your audience by posting lots of different things and seeing what they engage with. Yeah, because I think the posts that have always done best for me are screenshots that I've taken from this really hilarious um, other account and I, <laughs> um, called Psychotherapy Memes. Shout out to them. They're really funny. Um, and so I always credit them, but I just put the screenshot on and it doesn't look pretty at all. But I know that people need a good laugh and I know that they will find that funny. Anything relatable and amusing. Honestly, it can be the messiest thing ever. It can be a copy of a tweet. It can be a copy of a meme. It can be you in your kitchen with no makeup on, whatever it is stick it up there people don't want actually I actively think people mostly don't want beautiful stuff that is fascinating and yeah thank you for talking about that because I, I know that there's a lot of people in my community who just think that they don't have the skills to create something good enough for Instagram use your knowledge you can share your knowledge create infographics there is fantastic um you know use something like Canva they've got loads of templates for you to share infographics share testimonials I mean honestly you really it really anybody can pick up basic photography skills on your camera phone that is easy I'm telling you now all you've got to do is google it all of this stuff is only a google search away we can teach ourselves so much you've just got to stop talking yourself out of it half the time yeah as ever it's mostly a mindset issue isn't it (laughs) (laughs) so who do you see in the mental health space who's doing well at the moment oh gosh the person who always um springs to mind is Matt Haig the writer um, who um, also is a mental health advocate. I suppose he has a lot of personal experience um, with suicidal thoughts, but he posts about that in an incredibly positive way. All of his messaging is super positive. It will never get you down. It's all about hanging in there, sticking at it. You know, I look at myself 10 years ago and look at where I am now. And I, you know, I have have, I have happiness or contentment at least um, and he's also funny uh, you know and sharp as well so he is always I guess the person who springs to mind first if I get asked that question his account does an incredible service do you know what I mean he is uh, and you can see that from the interaction in it and it's not something that speaks to my particular experience but I still really enjoy following him so yeah he's awesome Okay, so I'm going to link to him so that everybody can go over and have a look at what he's doing. Um, Because, yeah, I've seen a bit of his content and it's certainly not this kind of manicured... It couldn't be easier for him to, it could not be easier for him to create. He just has a thought, he types it onto some kind of app of whatever whatever he's using, I don't know, or into his stories, and then just posts the thought. It's just words, that's all he posts. The odd, like, photograph, but mostly mostly just that. Mm. And I've seen some people making really powerful video on Instagram as well at the moment um I think Dr Julie Smith yeah um what is it have you seen her stuff I've watched her reels quite a lot which is the new short video format on Instagram that's got everybody getting their knickers in a twist but essentially it's just short 15 second entertaining videos often set to music and Dr Julie Smith just breaks things down into very small bite-sized chunks Um, she's not trying to cover off the whole issue with every single video that she does which is a really good tip to all of us we can just want to especially I think um professionals who want to pack in all the information into every single bit of 
content that they do I was having a chat with a coach yesterday and she was really having this problem of just like accepting that you don't have have to answer all the questions with every post that you make you don't have to cover off absolutely everything it can just be a bite-sized chunk that gives people a taste of what you do gets them interested that's what Dr Julie Smith does really well she just uses these little videos as almost like a tiny taster or a teaser for the rest of her content and it's like if you like this if this is what you're interested in I've got blog posts I've got podcasts I've got this that and the other get on board I can't do it all on Instagram there's not enough time do you know what I mean but she just go and check out her real and her um, her Instagram posts because uh, they're really effective, especially in the space that you guys are in. Yes, yes, because that's what I was going to ask you. I was like, what makes her content so much more engaging than um, some of the really high quality but um, less engaging content that maybe um, I've put out there or members of the community <laughs> might have created. You know what it is? It's because she is connecting with the emotional issues, the just tiny little bits of truth and things that people are going to relate to. She's not really talking about the processes too much. She's just, she just is like, yes, that's how I feel. You know what I mean? That's how I feel. That, and that actually is the job of Instagram. It's just to introduce yourself to people, just to get their attention and show them that you understand where they're coming from and you might be able to help um and uh and that that can be done quite quickly it doesn't have to be done in a 3,000 word blog post yes yeah so even if you've got 15 or 30 seconds and the only point that you're making is this is a problem I get it I've been there that's enough that's enough that's come read enough. my blog post or yes exactly yeah. or come and sign up and follow me because there'll be lots more like that if you follow me you know that that is all you have to do you don't have to provide the whole solution within every post or tell all of the story just try and break down your content into tiny little tiny answer tiny little questions at a time that is such a great tip. I'm going to write that down for myself, answer tiny little questions and then point them with a strong call to action to where you've got the rest. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, because I think even today, actually, I was making a video about COVID uncomfortable. <laughs> um, <laughs> my name for that feeling you get when you're not sure whether you're interpreting the rules wrong or that person over there is breaking the rules or you're a germaphobe or, you know, when you just get that like, ah, oh, really uncertain, wrong footed feeling. And I've written a blog post about that for the Emotional Health Toolkit, um, which is something that I've set up with a couple of other psychologists um, mm to try and provide resources to people but obviously I've got a really long blog post that goes with it and I couldn't get the video below eight minutes <laughs> oh gosh nobody I know nobody watches an eight minute video yeah. um, so I really wanted to make it short and snappy but I just you just literally just did <laughs> just you want to just you can just pull that bit of <laughs> of audio out of your own podcast <laughs> you just did I knew what you meant I could that was enough to, that was enough to let me know whether or not I wanted to read your blog post what yes. you just said yes okay everybody <laughs> that's the secret yes. I think we all most psychologists and therapists that I work with in the do modern therapy membership we all have the same problem yeah. where we just feel like we need to give everything in every post no no that's not what instagram is for 
the Instagram is for the taster. Again, think about how you use it. Do you sit on Instagram and watch a 20 minute video? Probably no. not. But, no. do, but do you maybe watch the first kind of few seconds of something and go, oh, okay, yeah, I'm interested. Oh yeah, maybe I will click on the link in their bio or maybe I will follow this person or maybe I will listen to that podcast episode. Um, but you're bang on with the calls to action. Like make sure you're driving. And, that, and further to that, make sure you're taking people off Instagram. That's the next stage in it it's like instagram is the like little gateway into your community take them off put them on your mailing list bring them into your podcast your facebook group whatever it is that you're running make sure you're taking them somewhere else because there is a limit to what you can achieve with people on instagram they need to if they want to get to know you better and you want them to get to know you better then take them somewhere else to do that i would say generally so speaking of that I've heard that it's not a great idea to put links in Instagram posts because I don't think it hyperlinks them. No, it doesn't Is that work. True? It doesn't work. Do you know you where you can you can put a link that works into an IGTV video? Oh, I didn't know that. If, if people if people watch a, an IGTV in IGTV and they go to your caption, they can click on that link. Uh, but you know mostly the thing is Instagram wants to keep us on Instagram it doesn't want us to leave and go off Instagram uh, which is a right pain in the bum it's probably the worst thing about the platform however there are creative ways that you can drive people to your content outside um, you can ask them to go and click on your link in your bio and what I do is I change that link up so I'm, I'm pointing them towards lots of different types of content you can make it even easier for people in your Instagram stories you can say do you want to read this I'll send you the link DM me and I will send you the link or I will send you the link if you'd like to sign on for this or that the other send me your email address and I will add you to my list I'm going to make this as easy for you as possible so you just have to be a bit more creative about it unfortunately um yeah I like the DM one actually because yeah. although at first I was a bit reluctant because obviously it's lots more work mm. it's kind of worth it because you get to talk to people yeah and people are really well. appreciative and yeah I've had some really helpful feedback that way yeah I mean you know nothing comes without effort and I think perhaps that's not the news people want to hear about their social media strategy. <laughs> they want it, they, they're like, how can that, how can this take less time? How can this be easier? And um, sadly, I don't have any answers for that. You have to put the work in and you have to be proactive about it and you have to be present and you have to show up. But you, do you know what? You won't mind doing that when it's working. That's the thing. And I think that's also why I've been talking to my community a lot lately about overwhelm. Mm. and the real focus of psychology business school which is our like build your practice right from the beginning mm. course is about reducing overwhelm and the best way of doing that is to know what you want to achieve and just pick one platform yes one oh, platform to do your marketing on totally I'm embarrassed when I get notifications where people want to link up with me on LinkedIn because I'm like oh my god you're going to be it's going to be very disappointing for you over there because I just post absolutely nothing to my LinkedIn and my Facebook's the same but I put a lot of time and effort into my Instagram it's the thing that works for me it's currently driving enough people onto my email newsletter list for it to be effective I work on my own it's only me if I had a team full of people and don't forget often when you're looking even somebody like Dr Julie Smith who we've we've asked people to go and look at she'll have a team of people helping her mm. you know don't feel like oh my gosh I'm not posting that much it's because she's got people helping her do it you know and um 
I expect, I might say, I don't know that for sure, but I would expect somebody with a social profile of her size to have people helping her to maintain that level of output. So, you know, just be realistic, see it as a long game. It doesn't have to be something, in fact, it's not going to be something that brings rewards for you in the next month or two, but think where you could be in a year or two years if you keep plugging away at a a rate that's maintainable for you. Yeah. And like you said, when you start getting that positive feedback from people, when you start having conversations with people, it doesn't feel like a drag anymore. I think when I speak to people and they're feeling really burnt out with social, it's because they're on every platform, but they're not present on any of them. Mm. And so they're not having any conversation and that won't keep you going. No, it won't keep you going. And and you're just not. Yeah. I mean, just focus on one thing as one platform at a time and and really try and think about what you're trying to get out of it and whether what you're doing is driving those results and if it's not then change it a bit don't just keep going feeling resentful and grumpy and fed up it's like okay this actually hello it's not really working (laughs) so which again takes us back to the listening piece at the beginning of our conversation okay so ask a few questions what might work better for people try some different kind of posts does this does this work better you know And this links back slightly to a conversation we've been having in my community this week, which was about social media managers Mm. and should people be using them? Mm. And kind of my advice there was maybe one day, (laughs) um, but not at the beginning, because you have to get to know your audience and you're you're there to listen and someone else can't do that for you, really. That's my opinion anyway. I think it's uh, it's a really hard one. Again, again, it's just like, are you just trying to make it easier for yourself because you don't feel comfortable doing it? You d- you don't don't love this aspect of your work, but you're going. How are you ever going to learn what works for your audience? Like you say, it then just becomes a one-sided conversation. It, it, is it even a one-sided conversation when it's you're the only person that can explain your work? brilliantly you're the only person who can convince me that you're the person I'd like to work with Um, I mean it might be possible to get somebody to help with posting or things like that so you do your own content and then they could maybe post for you if that's something you find very difficult but honestly the the truth of it is get involved with doing it yourself Mm. I would say it's just about being present isn't it I think it just everything we've been talking about kind of comes back to that if you're really there taking an interest Mm. experimenting and talking to people then you'll get something back from it it might not be overnight success but you'll get enough to start learning and developing a strategy that does work and you'll be there you will be online you will be discoverable you never ever know what opportunity to talk to speak to get invited to do something that you would love to do if you're not there that's not, that's definitely not going to happen. But, you know, I have been working with um, a lady called Anne and she's added huge value to some of my courses and she's got four or 500 followers on Instagram. It's the start of her journey, but she's the real deal. She's such good quality. She's a brand voice specialist. In fact, invite her onto your podcast. She's awesome. I'll put, I'll, I'll link you up. Um, and um, Yeah, I think your people would like her because again, she will, she'll, she'll help persuade you to be more bold and be more yourself. Um, so, you know, you don't need to be an expert with 20,000 followers on Instagram to be completely legitimate, to reach the kind of people that you want to reach and to create the kind of opportunities you're hoping for. Okay, so I'm hoping that a lot of people listening to this will now be inspired to give Instagram a go, or at least give it a go if it's the right platform for the people that they're trying to reach. Yes. Um, so 
I'm kind of also assuming and expecting though that people might feel a little bit kind of overwhelmed about the content creation side of things are there any tools that you'd recommend that make that process a little bit smoother uh yeah absolutely I would recommend Canva Mm-hmm. That's great for creating kind of graphic content, quotes, infographics, anything that you might want to put your logo onto, templates, that kind of thing. Um, I also, for in a similar way, I use an app called A Design Kit, which is only available if you've got an iPhone, I think, at the moment. But Canva, you can have on anything. And actually, you can create, if you prefer to work this way with Canva, you can create on your desktop as well, rather than just on your phone. Um, so I would definitely have a look at those. I would suggest for photos, I edit my photos on an app called Visco, which is VSCO, um, and that's a really good quality editing app. It's you'll you'll get better results than you do with the editing facility on your phone or in Instagram. So I think it's worth getting yourself a, a decent app. I think that's about twenty pounds a year. I pay for that. Um, and for editing video, I use an app called InShot. I N capital S H O T. And uh, again, £20 a year or something for the pro version. I think, you know, we can all invest that. It's the cost of a few coffees, really. Um, and that's a great app for editing simple video on your phone. And I we haven't had a chance to get into it today, but I love video content. I would always encourage everybody to think about including moving images in their in their content strategy. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Me too. And I think definitely for the kind of work that we do, video is the way for people to build that know, like and trust with you that they're going to need to want yeah. to invest with you. Especially on Instagram stories is a really, I would say, a risk free way of trying it out. It all disappears after 24 hours. So who cares? Yeah, I, I definitely need to get to grips with Instagram stories a lot better. That's an area of my Instagram that is sorely neglected. <laughs> <laughs> One thing at a time. You've got a podcast, you know, don't knock yourself. <laughs> yeah, yes, it's true. Like my focus has definitely been on yeah. Facebook group and podcast um, for the That's past enough. year. That's enough. <laughs> enough for now. Next yeah. year, Instagram is on the horizon for me. But thank you so much, Helen. You've shared so many useful insights. Um, and as I said at the beginning, Helen is going to be coming into the Zoom One Therapy membership, um, which actually is our membership. For anyone who doesn't know, it is our <laughs> membership for people who are looking to grow their psychology or therapy business. Uh, and Helen's going to be there giving us some in-depth tuition about Instagram. But I really hope that this has got you excited for the potential for 2021 that Instagram might hold for you. Uh, Also for any psychology business school students who are listening to this as part of the course you do get access to the Do Modern Therapy Masterclasses so you will be able to access Helen's class when it comes out too and I know some of you will be really excited to hear that. So Helen where should people connect with you if they want to know more about you? Oh, come obviously come over and meet me on Instagram. I'm at not about the kids on Instagram, but I have a website which is not about dash the kids.com as well. I can't wait to meet some members of your community and come back again in the new year. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. Before you go, I just wanted to check something out with you because I don't know if this is just me. But do you sometimes wake up at two o'clock in the morning worried that you've made a terrible error that's going to bring professional ruin upon you and disgrace your family? (laughs) I'm laughing now, but when I first set up in private practice, I was completely terrified that I'd miss something really big when I was setting up my insurance or data protection practices. 
Even now, three years in, I sometimes catch myself wondering if I've really covered all the bases properly. And it's hard, no, actually it's impossible, to think creatively and have the impact you should be having in your practice if you aren't confident that you have a secure business underneath you. But it can be really overwhelming to figure out exactly what you need to prioritise before those clients start coming in. So I've created a free checklist plus resources list to take the thinking out of it. Tick off every box and you can see your clients confident in the knowledge that you have everything in place for your security and theirs. You can download it now from psychologist.drosie.co.uk forward slash client hyphen checklist and the link is in the show notes. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Business of Psychology podcast. If you share my passion for doing more than therapy, then make sure you come over and join my free Do More Than Therapy Facebook community, where you can work on getting your big ideas off the ground with like-minded psychologists and therapists. I'd also love it if you could leave this show a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. It will help more of the people who need it to find it. See you next week for more tips and inspirational stories to help you do more than therapy.